in terms of social gatherings there's a lot of misinformation about uh, ayurveda and about you know homeopathic me- medicine people usually prefer to go for english medicine you know to get a quick fix kind of thing um, rather than to look at the holistic approach through ayurveda uh, or homeopathy for that matter how do you usually tackle misinformation like that because everything is online these days everybody has been pampered i can say in the past uh, 200 years after the in- advent of allopathic system uh, you have something and you take you take a pill and you're you're done with it but actually the problem is somewhere there in the body but you're feeling okay so even in ayurveda there there are there are many medicines which are which act as quick fixes because as i told you i am not taken a paracetamol till date i can say the main challenge was uh, converting uh, your uh, what you have learned into um, your money or your earnings uh, initially i was i was facing a little bit of guilt like uh, how can i charge this fee for this this kind of patient and uh, all those things but yet somehow i pulled on for some people i've even given them free treatments also the way i look at ayurveda and the way i look at people getting into a bachelor's program in ayurveda is if i'm too passionate about ayurveda or homeopathy i end up going into a bachelor's degree with this right but when you look at it from a monetization standpoint a doctor who's specializing in english medicine or allopathy tends to make more the return on investment is more it's quicker faster even a career has a body a mind and a soul nowadays to say after the new government in india if you see that there are lots of ayurveda hospitals being built and and, and there are many hospitals which are mainly focused on allopathy all these years they have already uh, made branches where uh, they actually are trying to accommodate uh, doctors who are having the bms degree bhms degree bsms degree that is siddha also so earning wise uh, you can enter into a modern hospital and work as a that is you, you can be an ayurveda specialist with respect to clinical trials of efficacy of ayurvedic medicine what would you like to tell our audience who are at the point where they're trying to get choose a career between going into more traditional indian medicine versus western medicine if you take uh, the medicines of ayurveda it's first of all not just only a herb we use a lot of uh, minerals and uh, metals um, made into their uh, the form which is consumable and absorbable by the body a, a lot of drug trials have been done and are still going on i feel it, it's getting organized in the past one or two decades only i should say uh, if you try to compare one drug called paracetamol and ashwagandha if you take ashwagandha it's a it's a whole uh, a plant root which is taken uh, by the person uh, versus paracetamol is just one molecule to to test the efficacy of a molecule is much easier compared to uh, seeing the efficacy of ashwagandha for ashwagandha ashwagandha has many compounds Hi everyone. On this new episode of the EITF project, we explore a very unique career in the medical sciences field. For this episode, we were super excited to interview an expert nominated by you guys, our audience. In this episode, we explore the career journey of Dr. Aruna Ayengar, the medical director of the Adarwani Ayurveda clinic. from Mumbai India so a brief background about Aruna she pursued her masters in biochemistry uh, she received a scholarship from the coveted Indian Institute of Sciences at Bangalore 
from the Department of Molecular Biology and Human Genetics. Here's where it gets interesting. Right after her master's and her incredible research career at ISE, Aruna was just about to enroll in a PhD program when she took a step back to think about career path. At the age of 28, she decided that although she was passionate about molecular biology, she wanted to pursue a career in medicine, specifically Ayurveda medicine, owing to the interest instilled in her by her grandparents. An amazing and brave decision to go back to school. She then went back to school and graduated at the top of her class with a degree in Ayurveda, medicine and surgery. During her internship year, she was selected amongst thousands of students to present her work on management of stuttering with Ayurveda at the World Ayurveda Conference at New Delhi. After her internship year, she set up a clinic of her own in Mumbai. The clinic is well-renowned for the holistic treatments of patients using Ayurveda. And after six plus years of serving the community, Dr. Aruna is now the director of the Atharvani Ayurveda Clinic. She treats patients with both Ayurvedic and modern medicine to address the root cause of the symptoms presented to her. She has also visited and treated plenty of patients in hospitals all over Mumbai during the COVID-19 pandemic. And eventually she says that she would like to build a 24 cross 7 Ayurveda hospital with a pharmacy and a yoga and a meditation center. Dr. Aruna is also an award-winning author of the book, Realize Your Real Eye, available on Amazon today. In the interview, we spoke to Aruna about building a career in the medical sciences field, choosing a specialty and building a clinic to serve the community. We also addressed topics that put Ayurveda and modern medicine side by side to bust myths understand holistic healing practices better, and to understand the opportunities available for aspiring Ayurveda doctors. Aruna answered all of our questions, providing a lot of information for patients and aspiring doctors alike. We learned so much in this interview, and we hope you enjoyed the content as well. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the EITF project. This episode, we have a very unique, very surprising and an amazing guest that's going to talk to us today. Dr. Aruna Ayengar is joining us for this episode. Uh, she was nominated by one of our viewers. This is great that we're able to connect with our audience and we're able to talk to more experts that they work with every day. Um, so Dr. Aruna has a very great background in the medical sciences and she's right now based out of India helping folks with their uh, diets and nutrition and just overall health and wellness and uh, we're going to be talking to her about career development in the medical space we're going to be talking to her about uh, a lot of you know medical information that's out there misinformation and a lot of other things so it's going to be a very very interesting and important interview for all of us right now so welcome to the show Aruna we're very excited to have you on thank you let's get started you know our, our line of questioning usually starts with the career development topic so the first question that we always ask people is what was your first job what was your first accomplishment what was your first failure and what did you learn from all three of them that you carry with you till today 
in your career first of all uh, th- thanks for uh, calling me on this show it's a great initiative and uh, i'd like to be part of uh, any any kind of help who was watching this uh, episode the first job would be based based on my msc uh, degree which i have done in biochemistry i happened to get a scholarship in uh, indian institute of science bangalore after my msc and then i was working in uh, molecular genetics department and it was it was going really great and even now i cherish those moments and that subject something happened uh, within me i started questioning myself like all this r&d is going towards drug drug development of the uh, only allopathic medicines given the fact that at my grand my maternal grandfather and even my uh, paternal grandmother all these people i have been exposed to them using a lot of uh, indian medicine that is ayurveda including minerals uh, herbs and all these things they they were curing uh, health issues of people with so much of confidence and i've seen them doing it so there was some kind of in the back of my head i also should do this once in my life so i actually uh, was, was about to enroll for a phd in that department in iisc bangalore then uh, i just uh, closed my eyes and i saw myself like at, at the age of 18 19 what i'll be doing so i felt this is not what i want to do even though it's very close to my heart so i just quit that in the very next week itself i told my professor i i went up to do my bms that is bachelor of ayurveda medicine and science maybe i was 28 that time so if you can say like my first job was my own clinic which i had uh, set up here in mumbai that is after marriage i came to mumbai and since then i have shaped myself in my own way parallelly i i tried visiting some hospitals i went to the hospitals in mumbai itself as such it has been on my own in my own clinic and uh, the setup there it sounds like right from the beginning right you've taken a very entrepreneurial journey because you were very passionate about the subject that you were working on right i think one of the most important things about that is being able to manage the expectations for yourself right like the goals that you're setting the expectations for yourself in terms of what challenges you faced while doing that uh, can you talk a little bit about those challenges because we we usually feel like when you're left on your own right when you're part of a large organization you know they usually set goals for you and things like that but when when you're left on your own and you have to set goals for yourself i feel like you are way more critical of yourself that way what are we doing right what are we doing wrong you keep evaluating yourself almost every day and that can get into you know sometimes a good cycle and sometimes a bad cycle as well so how did you overcome setting goals that way and i think one more thing to add over here is you getting your bachelor's in ayurveda medicine at the age of 28 when people end up saying hey i'm old i cannot study when in reality you ended up going to school at the age of 28 and then you've pursued a career based on that degree and you are pretty successful at that at i can say the main challenge was uh, converting uh, your uh, what you have learned into your money or your earnings the values of the family also they they, they tend to put an idea that you know earning money is a sin kind of uh, it will be running in the back of the head so keeping all this aside trying to be on the path of dharma yet yet uh, ask money what you deserve with uh, updating yourself every day and helping others was the one of the main challenges i faced in the sense uh, uh, initially i was i was facing a little bit of guilt like how can i charge this fee for this this kind of patient and uh, all those things but yet somehow i pulled on for some people i have even given them free treatments also and uh, initially it took i can say around um, more than one year to two years to actually build a a, a flow of uh, patients and a flow of expense uh, uh, earnings 
but uh, once it picked on uh, the best uh, thing was only one patient used to tell the other patient and that's how the patient base uh, built on and m much of what was getting earned was getting back into the clinic uh, maintenance itself but after a stage you you reach a plateau where things actually even out and you actually start getting your uh, profit in terms of money and telling to answer to question what uh, Asked, it's like uh, whatever the universe and us both are the same so we are a replica of the macrocosm so it's like we, we are a unit made up of a body mind and the soul same same I, I can apply to our career also even a career has a body a mind and a soul if you say uh, a person has to build on these three aspects equally you cannot just build only on the body of the career or only on the mind of the career so it's like well, what i mean by saying body of the career is uh, knowledge and uh, uh, constant updation of the knowledge and using that uh, that is the body basic body of a career you can see and if you see the mind it's the basic attitude and the intentions behind your actions uh, in your practice daily the soul of a career can be each person will have some kind of uh, deep questions during childhood which you need to go behind one needs to uh, be very serious about finding answers to that question and be, be with the questions so all these three put together will actually shape your career so the art of constant questioning about what am i doing or where am i or why am i doing what i'm doing also the the questions what actually were there in the childhood like uh, like i i was very interested to see what is inside a human body i wanted to cut open and see like what's what's going on and uh, even with with small uh, organisms also i wanted to see what is going on and what's going on in a cell so maybe which is what landed up me doing msc biochemistry and then i did even uh, bms where i had human body dissection and lots of postmortems and so it's like i enjoyed myself doing what I wanted to do and fulfill my childhood questions. Okay, so I want to talk about you making the transition from molecular genetics into the world of Ayurveda, right? Because you look at molecular genetics, you're like looking at gene editing or gene composition, chromosomes and all of that flip into Ayurveda, which runs on the primary principle of Vata, Pitta, Kapha and the imbalance and the fundamental is, okay, if there is an imbalance of one of these doshas that manifest in form of physical ailments and all of that. How easy was that initially when you made the transition from an English medicine literature where you're looking at things from a symptomatic standpoint and saying, okay, this is how I'm going to treat it to Ayurveda, which is more foundational rooted in trying to go address the root cause in terms of what exactly caused that imbalance to happen in the first place? A very good question and valid question. It's like usually uh, we, we think that uh, these two are poles apart. Yeah, de de definitely the, the way a human being itself is looked upon itself is uh, a bit different compared to the, the way uh, modern science looks at. Definitely there was a lot of learning and unlearning in both the fields. Wherever it's required, I conveniently combine both the lessons from both the fields and use them to the best of the patient who's in front of me. Suppose a person cannot understand language of Ayurveda, definitely I try to explain in terms of uh, the modern science. My, my soul and my heart actually goes with the principles of Ayurveda, which have uh, kind of made me a better person of what I am today. And I try to give the same thing to the person in front of me. If you see the, uh, the aspects of molecular genetics or even the modern science looks at every system as discrete and unique systems, like the respiratory system is seen as, uh, is seen as unique, you know, the brain and the spinal cord is seen as a separate system. But in Ayurveda, we see everything as one whole unit and also the main basis is uh, the diet, lifestyle and the thinking. So it's like we are actually combining 
all the aspects of a human being that is body mind and even the thinking the thoughts emotion all these things have to be taken care while i am actually talking to a patient it cannot be just one particular aspect i am going to treat and so it's like i combine both my uh, knowledge of uh, modern science also ayurveda also at that moment what intuitively i feel best for the patient i do that yes because ayurveda ends up taking a holistic view of patient wellness over yeah. allopathic medicine which is more targeted towards one component of your body and then Correct. the best it can do for that i've been thinking about a few aspects of your answers uh, first of all it's very impressive that you're able to sleep at night after doing a postmortem i keep watching a lot of horror movies and you know uh, i think it's very impressive that doctors are able to do that another part of your answer is you talked about the evolution of your career right where it went up to a certain stage and then after that you it it kind of plateaued and then you were able to have a steady clientele and then you were able to you know service them for their needs and things like that uh one of the things that i i wanted to ask about there is when you start something like that very passionate that you wanted to help people it, it is more about the mission right that you want to help the person and you're doing it on your own right but like you said once you once you get to a certain stage you have a steady clientele and everything now you have to manage a team of people to do it um, right now you are the director of your medical clinic which means you have to delegate right parts of your job to other people and uh, rather than you know doing it all by yourself uh, when you first started out so how did that transition look like for you when it, especially when it came comes to patient wellness because when you start out something like that you know the patient personally and you've worked with them personally so i would think for me that would be very hard for me to do because i've made a personal connection with that patient empathy right more of more of empathy in terms of if the only difference between a doctor and an ai chatbot is that the doctor has feelings and can empathize with you in any situation the delegation was uh, very important and very crucial i feel for any uh, doctor to progress or even to go ahead especially when it comes to uh, documenting what you have already seen so far or diagnosed so far or how you have treated and all those things uh, initially yes I, as you said i was doing it on my own which was i can't say wrong but it was it was because i was the only person so at that moment i was doing it all by myself and once the 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 patient base started increasing and also um, there was too much of data to handle and it was it was all being written on uh, paper and then i had to convert it into you know, soft copy and all that so i needed a person who would actually uh, manage these things and uh, maintain the records of the patients and uh, manage the consultations so right now i have a lab attached to my clinic where they take the uh, blood tests and scans and everything and i have one person to help me with the uh, record management of patients and manage consultations so much of the the work where i can actually put that time into thinking how, how i can help a uh, patients and i can update myself the, i'm getting more time in that view because th- that that is being taken by other people yeah i think at one point you have to keep people to uh, do some things for you if you want to progress if not you you will get bogged down with so many other aspects actually which you don't want to do at one point yeah i i like your answer where you say it, it is important to delegate and it's important to learn the art of delegation if you want to create the time for yourself to update yourself on the technology so you can move forward right yeah. but but it is an art i feel like you know in every in every career right every doctor or you know engineering is always there but you know even singers musicians mm-hmm. um, we've interviewed so many people right now in every career at some point in your career you wear the management hat 
right? That you have to work with people and you have to manage them, but you also have to take on the position where you're the leader. So how do you create that balance, like in terms of in terms of keeping that titular position, right? Because they are working for you in terms of monet, uh, monetary aspects, but you also want to work with them to create that holistic experience, that full experience for the patient. Correct. And uh, again, it depends on whom you're actually choosing to make your team. Uh, I think it matters a lot. Basically, it, it's better to choose a person already who's in the same page uh, rather than uh, taking a person and trying to make him fit on the same page. So it's like the, the people whom I'm working with, most of them are patient-centric and uh, work centric they want to help they want to do things and they're happy doing it some some cases some points we need i mean i need to be a little uh, strict in the sense uh, if at all I, I wanted a report by this day but it's not available I'm, I'm not able to help the patient because of that lack of report so that time the person understands and he actually corrects and by the next time he'll be on time and uh, it's like a process we learn on the way and uh, i think the attitudes of each each and every person whom you're working as a team should be worked on by themselves every day i think it's 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 a team effort it's like a whole organism where uh, only one one organ you know, cannot decide i'll you know i'll stop working today so the whole organism has to work so every organ has to contribute at that moment it's it's fullest yeah it takes time but it's better to choose people who are already on the same page so that you can make your work easy the way i look at ayurveda and the way i look at people getting into a bachelor's program in ayurveda is if i'm too passionate about ayurveda or homeopathy i end up going into a bachelor's degree with this right but when you look at it from a monetization standpoint a doctor who's specializing in english medicine or allopathy tends to make more the return on investment is more it's quicker faster that's one aspect the second aspect is oftentimes in social gatherings when you end up talking about efficacy of ayurvedic medicine versus homeopathic medicine and i'm picking it up from your previous question on or your answer on the blood test that you end up doing in your lab the often criticism that comes with it again i want you to correct me wherever i'm wrong is the fact that english medicines can have clinical trials you can have a support group and validate efficacy but it becomes insanely hard for you to validate efficacy of medicines in the ayurvedic space or in the homeopathic space there isn't clear cut journals or studies that have been done is there any study with respect to that that can induce confidence because i've seen people who do not want to get into the space because they say hey at the end of the day a patient's going to come question me in terms of the efficacy of the drug that i'm being prescribed and the third thing so this has two aspects to it one aspect is getting people into the industry because everyone's going on to pubmed or something to look at efficacy of reports and all of that then you have a customer someone like me who understands teeny tiny bits of medicine right and who comes questions the doctor in terms of what the efficacy of this medication is like for example like i take ayurveda like ashwagandha is one example that i like giving like i can take ashwagandha or on the parallel i can take something like a paracetamol or something of the sort and just get done with it like whereas ashwagandha is more focused on building sustained immunity the english medicine would tell you oh yeah go take zinc supplements or magnesium supplements to build that same immunity the question is how are you looking at it from a monetization standpoint like in terms of how do people choose careers getting into the uh, space of ayurveda or not b with respect to clinical trials of efficacy of ayurvedic medicine what would you like to tell our audience who are at the point where they're trying to get 
choose a career between going into more traditional indian medicine versus western medicine first question is about the the main main difference between the earning potential right again it depends on uh, which which part of the world you are i think uh, in india itself the, the, there are some states where uh, the uh, earning potential is quite low and quite high also again it depends if at all you want to focus on earning the, the you can earn quite well and uh, uh, even being in uh, in 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 the field of ayurveda nowadays to say after the new government in india if you see that there are lots of ayurveda hospitals being built and 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 there are many hospitals which are mainly focused on allopathy all these years they have already uh, made branches where uh, they actually are trying to accommodate uh, doctors who are having a bms degree bhms degree bsms degree that is siddha also so all these collaborations are happening so earning wise uh, you can enter into a modern hospital and work as a, as a, as what you want that is you, you can be an ayurveda specialist itself or a homeopathy specialist and yet have a good pay scale that is one thing and uh, the other uh, thing is you can be on your own and yet do uh, you can earn well and you told about you, you gave an example about some herbs like ashwagandha and paracetamol see again the uh, the drug efficacy has been i mean is being tested continuously in these hospitals you can say on even in uh, many clinics that's why these small clinics have to actually uh, start making their work more organized and documented i, I should say and uh, the uh, individual doctors should actually start uh, making their data more organized and uh, begin to publish them so that people can access it that uh, drug trials are happening and uh, to, to show the efficacy of these drugs and again if you take uh, the medicines of ayurveda it's first of all not just only a herb we use a lot of uh, minerals and uh, metals um, made into their uh, the form which is consumable and absorbable by the body a, a lot of drug trials have been done and are still going on i feel it, it's getting organized in the past one or two decades only i should say uh, if you try to compare one drug called paracetamol and ashwagandha if you take ashwagandha it's a it's a whole uh, a plant root which is taken Uh, by the person uh, versus paracetamol is just one molecule to to test the efficacy of a molecule is much easier compared to uh, seeing the efficacy of ashwagandha for ashwagandha ashwagandha has many compounds one of them is reserpines are the main uh, class of compounds in ashwagandha which actually have a kind of a calming effect on the nerves which taken on higher doses it it's not good it's not recommended first of all which is why we give the uh, ashwagandha along with other meds other herbs with a particular adjuvant adjuvant in the sense here we can use cow's ghee or cow's milk will work better in ashwagandha with ashwagandha compared to just with water so the, 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 there are ways of taking the different uh, herbal combinations or formulations not just uh, seeing online ashwagandha is good for this good for that and start taking it's definitely at your own risk what you're doing great answer actually and i think we are getting a lot of insights on on medicine in general um kartik i like one part of your question as well in terms of social gatherings there's a lot of misinformation about uh, ayurveda and about you know homeopathic me- medicine people usually prefer to go for english medicine you know to get a quick fix kind of thing um, rather than to look at the holistic approach through ayurveda uh, or homeopathy for that matter how do you usually tackle misinformation like that because everything is online these days right so patients as well before they come to you they look it up online they look up their symptoms online how how do you talk to patients like that um 
when there is a lot of misinformation about your field i want to add to that question and i'm guilty of doing that right where i have a fever i have 102 103 fahrenheit temperature on me i go to ayurveda it will start looking at it saying okay which dosha is imbalanced and start giving me medicine and it takes its time to act on me to reduce the temperature versus i'm so spoiled with symptomatic medicine like paracetamol or crocin or tylenol or whatever which will immediately bring the fever down in like 30 minutes of consuming it and i usually prefer english medicine when i'm super sick because i'm like i just need me instant relief whereas when i take something like homeopathy or ayurveda it takes its time but i understand that with maturity i've understood that it treats the root cause of what is happening when i talk to people like as nandini was mentioning misinformation right like people like me can start propagating misinformation saying i can take allopathic medicine it gets cured immediately versus uh, ayurvedic medicine or homeopathic medicine which takes its own time to act on you but through reading like intellects go look at it and they say it's super safe because it looks at it as a whole not just from a symptomatic episodic standpoint yeah see again in ayurveda also we have uh, two aspects we treat some some uh, issues based on their symptoms itself and then we 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 work, work with the patient to to go to the root of the problem because everybody has been pampered i can say in the past 200 years after the advent of allopathic system uh, you have something and you take you take a pill and you're you're done with it but actually the problem is somewhere there in the body but you're feeling okay so even in ayurveda there there are there are many medicines which are which act as quick fixes because as i told you i have not taken a paracetamol till date one thing is uh, we have quick fixes because we work uh, again there are two types of treatments even in ayurveda one based on the symptoms and one based on the uh, holistic approach for the patient we have to give relief instantly for their symptoms again it depends on what the issue is if it all it's a skin related issue which is chronic we we, we tell the person beforehand itself that it will take around 3 to 4 months for you to completely for you to completely heal and along with that you need to cooperate with the uh, instructions of the doctor in terms of diet lifestyle and thinking and their behavior and everything all that uh, adds on to the issue so they they cooperate they already have um, made up their mind that it will take this much time and they work with the doctor. how do i uh, educate people who are already having this kind of notions right that's what you were asking nandini so it's like uh, i feel it has to be done on micro level with every person to person it's like uh, i don't think i'll also start a youtube channel today and start telling many things about all the myths you know which people have misconceptions again uh, it will be taken as one more information in the in the cloud of data so it will be lost somewhere but even that's a good that's a good effort to do no doubt but yet it works on a personal note with every patient i i i actually spend more than half an hour per patient to talk to them to uh, actually hear them out intuitively try to understand where they're coming from what are all their conceptions and everything and then only i try to help them out i feel it it happens at at those levels micro levels person to person only this this information actually can the myths can be busted i feel i think that's a that's a really good way to approach it because like you said there are a lot of people who put information online but then but then you don't know what is information and what is misinformation when you're getting all at the same time and through the same channels right so uh, approaching the patient directly talking to them understanding because each case is different each person is different you know you can have common things for everybody to follow but you know each person is different like you said each person is a mind body and soul uh, another part of your answer that i wanted to pick up on was you mentioned like you know instructions that the doctor gives for the patient and 
having them follow the instructions so they can get better it works in most cases when people want to get better but sometimes even when people do want to get better their schedules their timings all of that you know interfere with doctors instructions and they kind of let it go in the sense that like you know after their immediate symptoms are solved they don't uh you know extend that practice for the 3 to 4 months i have done that myself you know when you treat your patients you mention that it's a mind body and soul connection right so how do you understand what is going on in the mind of the patient so that you can get a completely holistic view and you can help them follow the instructions of the doctor it's not just about telling them right it's also about following up to see whether they will be able to do the uh do what the doctor says in their everyday lives or accommodate those instructions correct so actually we have a we have a verse we have a shloka in our textbooks the the four aspects of a patient it it has been told i don't know if i can use sanskrit words it's like they say adhya vishakvashya agnapakah satvavan api so these are the four aspects of a rogi of a patient that is a person should be adhya means he should be rich means he should be having the willingness to spend the money which is uh, which is going for the treatment of a consultation or medicines whatever it is and uh, the, the ne- next point is bishakvashya that is uh, he needs to take the instructions of the doctor very obediently so that is one of the major aspect of a patient which if lacks then we need to continuously tell the patient that see these are the instructions you have to follow if you want to uh, heal yourself gnyapaka that is he should be able to uh, recollect basically tell the history of uh, his problem and the last is he should be able to bear whatever that uh, he is going to undergo the treatments he should be able to bear that in the sense uh, mentally he should be able to bear uh, if at all there there is a treatment which he has to sleep for half an hour horizontally so all those things add up to the uh, person's ability to heal himself or herself follow ups are uh, done patient to patient again as uh, you are asking whether uh, each patient has to be followed up to, uh, based on the instructions given if they don't follow what to do so yeah i i give them medicines usually for 15 days and ask them to come back suppose they have not followed the instructions of diet for these 15 days but yet the medicines have shown some effect so they come back and uh, they say okay still i have not i followed as much as possible but i could not follow but still the medicines are helping me so they come and the next time they they'll get they'll get more particular and they 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 actually tend to give a priority to uh, what i have instructed and they they start following some some people catch it on the first uh, meeting itself and they follow it very obediently and they actually come out of this uh, of the issue some people who don't just follow who only keep complaining we need to work on the mind aspect i need to ask them about their uh, little bit about their family history about their history of the childhood make them open up that's a great answer because i feel like for a lot of people medical and uh, you know just in general following instructions from someone else is very result oriented there is a lot of skepticism out there in terms of will i get what i want if i follow what this person is saying and i think unless you experience it unless you feel it and it's okay if you are not feeling like you're getting better um, it's okay to go look for other options as well in terms of like you said following the doctor's instructions it's it's all result oriented right one aspect that comes to mind when you talk about the mind the willingness of the mind it immediately brings to mind yoga or how to calm your mind etc so in your opinion does yoga play a role with ayurveda in the sense that someone who's able to be aware of his breath or be aware of his body will tend to appreciate ayurveda better yes definitely i myself i give rank 1 uh, to yoga and rank 2 to, to ayurveda given the fact that i myself i'm a fan of yoga and i practice it myself every day 
and i feel every doctor or meet any anybody for that matter who is into human interaction kind of professions should actually do do some sort of meditation every day either at night or in the morning when they are about to start the day or when they are about to end the day it goes hand in hand definitely and i myself actually prescribe lot of asanas pranayamas also to many patients more than 80 90% patients i prescribe for some people who cannot actually do some particular asanas we actually give them some uh, some exercises which which can be done by, with the help of their assistant or somebody at home so that that uh, that asana is achieved that effect is achieved again as you said yoga is not just asanas or just you know some yogic postures it's about ultimately we we need to uh, understand the mind functioning and uh, try to go beyond it watching the breath is is something which is really an important aspect for everybody for that matter uh, even for a doctor as you're consulting a patient if you're able to be in tune with your breath and understand what what the what the patient is telling actually uh, you can intuitively uh, get so many other things which the patient actually is not telling also a doctor himself or herself should be a meditator to be competent enough to understand the patient to the fullest and yeah yoga i i do it's it goes hand in hand and i prescribe it myself to many people so aruna this has been great talking to you i think there's so much information in terms of like you know a career in ayurveda career in medicine treating a patient in terms of the holistic approach versus english medicine there's so many small topics that we covered that we feel like we could do a separate video on it's been great talking to you it's been great uh, having this interview with you and for one of the questions that we ask a lot of our experts the last question that we ask is how would how would you define success for yourself in the career that you've chosen success again for Uh, being a physician uh, usually uh, th- there are many aspects to success it's not just about uh, making good earnings or having some assets it's about how many people you have touched in a day and uh, in in the in the given uh, past of your career uh, be in tune with what i told you the the, the questions of your childhood uh, have to be in your mind continuously for you to actually go, go in the right path towards success and if if you are able to get answers to those questions then i feel you are on the path of success whether you're in in terms of earning money or earning fame or becoming popular all that happens on its way i feel but uh, be be uh, focused on what exactly you you want to do in this on on this planet in this lifetime i think continuously keep working on trying to put your best success just is is just another word for for that kind of life i feel very very unique answer and very great answer because looking at short term goals and taking it one day at a time eventually leads to success rather than thinking about the large picture all the time thank you so much for joining us i think for everyone else who wants to talk to aruna or who wants to get information about aruna we have some information about her in our introduction video which will be linked after this episode but you can also contact her on linkedin and we will we'll publish some information about her linkedin information as well so yeah if you have any more questions or if you want to talk to her further about the topics that we've spoken about do let us know in the comments and you know let us know if you would like to talk to her as well we would love to connect you guys um thank you so much for joining us aruna so much so much to learn from you and such a great conversation yeah same here i enjoyed myself thank you